Are you struggling to get going in the mornings? Are you having a tough time staying focused at work? Not getting that boost you need before your workout? I might have the answer for you. It's the Shadows Podcast Coffee. That's right. How cool is this? We have our own coffee now. That's not scientifically proven yet, but studies have shown that you can read up to 1.7 extra chapters after drinking this coffee. Some have said that their bench press even improved by 14.8%. Gamers have reported back and told us they've been stuck on levels for days and hours. But after one cup of Shadows coffee, they beat it. This coffee is made in the USA. Heroes Media Group Beverage has tag teamed with the Shadows Podcast to bring to you this coffee that is a perfect balance of full-bodied, strong, and sweet with a gentle acidity. With this dark roast blend, you get a sense of chocolatey cocoa flavor and toffee-like sweetness and some earthy rich flavors. Each pack comes with an airtight seal to ensure your coffee stays fresh for each and every cup. Now you can order a one pound bag while supplies last or a 1.5 ounce. The 1.5 ounce bags can brew two to three strong cups of coffee, at least for me. Now our best deal is the We Are The Shadows bundle, which includes three of our 1.5 ounce bags, Shadows Podcast decal, and a Shadows Podcast patch. This is the same patch that goes out to all previous guests. So support the Shadows. Head over to shadowspodcast.com, click on store merchandise, and grab yourself some Shadows Podcast coffee today. And as always, thank you for supporting the show. to season two episode four of rise from the shadows i'm your host Drip odenheimer and this week we bring to you a couple of returning guests first he's a senior non-commissioned officer in the united states air force and chief of enlisted force development over at headquarters air force he's also the creator of the llama leadership and co-host of the llama lounge podcast joe bogdan at the age of 40 joe does some self-reflecting and discusses seeing the world through adult eyes he discusses his five key things that have made him more aware of how he sees the world around him, and his perspectives have changed in recent years. Also in the episode description, we have Joe's LinkedIn, as well as the Lama Leadership link. So check them out, give them some support as they're part of the Lima Charlie Network team with us. All right, folks, enjoy this episode of The World Through Adult Eyes by Joe Bogdan. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Over the past year, I have really thought about the concept of seeing the world through adult eyes. And if I'm honest, at the age of 40, I've probably only been doing so for a couple years. Seeing the world through adult eyes to me doesn't mean you have arrived at a level of maturity beyond reproach, as we are all works in progress. It's actually quite the opposite. It's about becoming aware. Aware of what? Aware of the way you have been seeing the world and being able to discern between which perspectives have brought value and which have been hindrances. 
I would not call myself wise, but I do believe that until you begin seeing the world through adult eyes, wisdom will not find you. Here are just some of the ways my perspectives have changed as I began seeing the world through an adult's eyes. 1. Being a man. When I was less mature, I thought being a man meant working hard, being courageous, and staying tough. This led to a prideful view of the world, and until I shifted my perspectives, it limited me in how I saw the world and also how I interacted within relationships. It also caused me to become a martyr in many ways, as I would always want to take on the bulk of the burden, but then complain about it. I now see that being a man is also about kindness, generosity, empathy, and chivalry, even when others think it is dead. It's also about setting the example by celebrating my marriage and honoring my wife. These perspectives and acts can coalesce with a strong work ethic, being courageous, and being tough. And I still like to take on the burden if there is a burden to be taken on, but I've found complaining about it afterwards is a character flaw. 2. A chip on the shoulder. Coming from humble beginnings and also growing in insecurity along the way, I developed a chip on my shoulder from an early age. I relished when someone doubted me and I sought to prove them wrong at any given chance. And of course, I would have to rub it in when I succeeded. This behavior served me as I grew in success because it kept me motivated, but it also damaged or prevented healthy relationships when I was younger. Looking back, I realized that a chip on the shoulder is for someone who continuously needs extrinsic motivation to succeed, and that this only works in finite games like a sporting event. But in infinite games, like leading an organization, that chip can hurt you because if you rely on it to get up for the big game, you may start making up enemies or doubters to keep that edge. To succeed in infinite games, you must find your intrinsic motivation and hone discipline. 3. Do hard things. When I was younger, I focused on the easiest path to the goal and was frustrated when things got difficult or challenging. Looking back, this was an unintended effect from my mother being so hard on me when it came to academics. Many people have heard my story of bringing home a 97 and being asked why I left the other 3% on the table. This kept me in my comfort zone because I wanted to avoid criticism at all costs. However, a hinge moment for me was being pushed out of my comfort zone by a trusted mentor and finding growth and opportunity on the other side. Now I realize the value of doing challenging things, both mentally and physically, and how that growth can lead to exponential success. Now through adult eyes, I see challenges and obstacles as opportunities, and I intentionally seek them out. 4. The wiser I become, the broader I realize the plane of my own ignorance. When I was less mature, like most of us, I thought I knew everything. Better yet, I pretended I knew everything. The childhood I just described previously led me to develop this self-protective mode where I found my meaning and purpose in being right. This led to me trying to win right versus seeking what's right. As you can imagine, this behavior also hurt relationships and my credibility. As I see the world now through adult eyes, I've come to the realization that the more one learns, the more one learns about how much they don't know. Also, regularly being the smartest in the room may stroke your ego, but it's a facade and limits your development and ultimately your influence. Being willing to deliberately put yourself in rooms where you are not the subject matter expert and are, quote unquote, the dumbest person in the room can result in a huge return on investment, as long as you have the mental fortitude to admit you just don't know. 5. No truly significant accomplishment is done alone. 
In The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Covey describes the maturity continuum, a continuum that starts at the stage of dependence, then advances to independence. I, like many people, felt I had arrived when I reached this level of independence. However, I didn't realize there was a whole other level, what Covey describes as interdependence. Looking back through adult eyes, I see that none of my significant accomplishments were just my own, and walking through life with this understanding has helped me approach life with more humility and consistency. Like I admitted earlier, I can't honestly say that I have been seeing the world through adult eyes for long, and I should also admit that the child within me still pops up at times. Also, I do not claim to have arrived when it comes to maturity. However, seeing the world through these clearer lenses has led me to the happiest I've ever been. It makes me a better follower of Christ, a better husband, and a better man. So how do you see the world? You know, most people go through life aiming at nothing and hit it with amazing accuracy. And they find themselves just feeling stuck in a rut, wondering if this is all there is. And I'm here to tell you, no, it is not. And life is too dang short to live it stuck in a rut. So check out beyondtherut.com and listen to episodes of other people who are also feeling stuck in a rut, asking themselves the same questions you are around their faith, their family, their fitness, their finances, and just their outlook on future possibility. And there, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired to make your own path and live life beyond the rut. So again, go check out beyondtherut.com where you can find blog posts and podcast episodes as well as some tools to help you design the targets you wish to hit in life in those five F's, faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. Because again, life is too dang short to live it stuck in a rut. Now go check it out. Beyond the rut. It's yours. All right. Thank you, Joe Bogdan. Now we have our next guest. We bring to you the vision board master, the motivational firewood guy, the human punch-up specialist and comedian, Steve Gamlin. Steve shares some of his hardcore visualization tips and strategies, along with his story about how he got where he is today. Steve encourages you to visualize your goals by thinking about what your goals look, feel, smell, and even sound like. He will help you visualize at a deeper level and wake up the next day inspired and motivated. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Gamlin. If I were to ask you, what do your goals look like? You might give me maybe a vague answer. But if I were to ask, what do your goals look like, feel like, sound like, smell like, taste like? Well, you'll probably laugh a bit. <laughs> but that's okay. My name is Steve Gamlin, known professionally as the Vision Board guy and visualization is my lane basically what that means is knowing what your goals look like feel like sound like even smell like meaning what i do working with my clients as a speaker as a coach as the creator of the vision board mastery learning program is to get people to understand that attaching your emotions attaching your senses and really diving deep within yourself to figure out what your goals really are because come on we all know about the world of advertising. We all know about the world of peer pressure out there. And we've all seen those motivational and business success gurus who pop up either on an infomercial, a webinar, or in those 
pre-roll YouTube videos saying, hey, I'm successful. And if you want to be successful, you need to have a Lamborghini like this and a yacht and a mansion and a private jet and a helicopter and all these other things. Let you know a little secret behind the scenes of the personal development industry. If you've seen those videos, here's a hint. Most of those things are rented for the videos. Yeah, I know I'm shattering the myth here and lifting the curtain, but that's the case. And this is why I ask people, what do you really want? Now, what happens a lot of times, and I've been building my own vision boards for about 18 years now and teaching them for about 16 years. Many people used to show up for events with pictures of the fancy car, the big home, a gigantic pile of cash or a pile of gold bars like they went inside a bank vault and took a bunch of pictures. Those things are great. Now, I'm not saying that material wealth is a bad thing. My mission is to remind people that there are, at least in the way I teach this, and by the way, everything I share is what's worked for me over the past two decades of taking my life from a dark, challenging place to where it is now. Here's how it worked for me. When I finally understood that it's not just all about stuff. Matter of fact, my two first vision boards I made, I made two at once, my very first ones. 90% of them were material things. And within about three weeks, I realized this is not what's important to me because the eight areas of life that I work with, and I set goals in, and I encourage all of my clients to understand that these areas of your life are working together 24-7. They're all leaning on each other. You've heard that song, Lean On Me, right? Well, that's what all these parts of your life are doing. And they are your physical health, your emotional well-being. I mean, who thought setting an emotional goal for a year was a good thing? It's a great thing, by the way. Your relationships, your core values, ethics, and integrity, meaning the way in which you go about your life in order to succeed. Your faith in spirituality, if you believe in a higher power, if you lean on something that's a bit strong that empowers you, wonderful. Your connection to the world in a real way. And that means, are you feeling isolated? Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling separated, disconnected? I know over the past couple of years, this one has taken a hit for a lot of people. Also, your career, what you do for work, whether you have a full-time nine to five type job, or you're an entrepreneur like I am, and you're doing your own thing, or you might have a mix of both. And also, of course, your finances and your money, because, well, it's necessary to help you survive and, of course, thrive in all of the other areas of your life. These are the basic parts of your life. Now, notice I didn't say frilly things like the fancy car, the yacht, the mansion, and all of those things. Those are material goals. And those have a place. But what I do is I encourage people to understand first these eight areas of their lives that are very, very important. So when I instruct people about dialing in and tapping into the science and the art of visualization, it's also to understand that it takes a deep dive. It takes some serious thought to understand what it is that you want. Not what everybody else says you want, not what the advertisers say, not what the so-called success <clears throat> gurus say. What does it mean to you? And dive deep into that. Maybe you have to go somewhere quiet. I love going out to the ocean with a pen and a stack of paper or a notebook and just writing. In all those areas of my life, what is most important for me? Where is my life right now? Maybe if you are Leaning towards the numbers, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10. 
if you're more descriptive or you like to write or dig deep and you you fashion yourself with words, you start to describe the best of what's going on in each of these areas of your life right now. And then look forward, say, one year. What words would you like to use or what numbers, if that's your leaning, to describe your life, say, one year from now? And I understand that a lot of people have goals that are longer than that. That's great if you have a 5, 10, 15, 20-year goal. How close do you want to get in one year? What's the progress that you would like to see occur in this one year? And then start to see what these results, even the progress, would look like. And then figure out the actions you will need to take to get there. You may need to meet some people to leverage some expertise from some other people out there. You may need to learn a few things. Heck, the Internet's an amazing place to learn. It's not just all about dog and cat videos and you know, people falling down for laughter and all these weird things and TikTok and all these other things. There's some greatness out there and it's free if you leverage it and you listen and you pay attention and you figure out how you can apply these things in your life. And one of the biggest lessons that I share is knowing your why. Know why you want something. And to get beyond the, well, because my life stinks right now or because it's better or bigger than what I'm experiencing in in my life right now. See, here's a great example of, of knowing your why. When I was 11 years old, I wanted to get on the radio because there was a TV show called WKRP in Cincinnati. And there was a guy on there named Dr. Johnny Fever, and he was a radio DJ. And at 11 years old, I said, oh, my gosh, that looks so cool. I want to do that. Fast forward into my early 20s, about 24 years old. I had gone to college. I had gotten a business degree. I had barely graduated because my heart just wasn't in that. But I wasn't quite sure of how to take the next steps. And I had a friend named Danny who kept asking, why didn't you ever get on the radio? Why didn't you ever get on the radio? And you know, you've got those friends who kind of, they come along and they peck at you a little bit and then they go away. Then they come back and they ask you again, why, why, why? So the summer of 1992, I finally called a radio station and talked to a DJ named Cindy. Cindy, I'm thinking of getting into radio. What should I do? And she said, well, there's a great broadcast school down near Boston. So I borrowed several thousand dollars from my grandfather, went to broadcast school for an eight-week program, Got an internship at a rock station that we'd grown up listening to. Went and told my friend Danny the good news. And he was so excited and he was so proud. And of course, I got the I told you so speech. Well, Danny passed away a few weeks after that. He had had cancer. And uh, he'd gone into remission a couple of times. But he came back and he was gone. Well, I enjoyed 10 years worth of a radio career. And at the very end, I was so burned out. I'd worked about 15 years worth of hours in 10, and I was just fried, and I was physically falling apart. My marriage at the time was was falling apart as well, and I walked away from radio, and I wound up in a concert in front of 15,000 people was the last big event I did with the radio stations. And after the concert, there were fireworks, and I was sitting on the front of the edge of the stage looking up, and for whatever reason, I thought of Danny, and I said, man, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You believed in me when I didn't, and look at all this. Can you, can you believe this? And I, I was very, very emotional when I was saying all of this. And a couple of years later, when I decided to become a speaker, and somebody asked, why do you want to be a speaker? And I said, well, because I want to help people. Why? Because uh, people need help. Why? 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 And it was a dear friend named Mike who was asking me this. And about 17 whys into it, I got emotional, and I said, You know, I had a friend believe in me when I didn't. And he knew a goal that I had. He knew some 
desired outcome of my life that I was not pursuing with all my heart. And he kept asking, why didn't you do this? And I went and did it. And it changed my life because it got me to where I was at that time. I said, I want to be that person for other people. Every time I get on a stage, every time I get up in front of an audience, every time I'm having a conversation one-to-one with somebody who might be struggling in their life right now, I want to be Danny to them like he was to me. And my friend said, don't ever forget that. And I haven't. 18 years into a speaking career at this point, that's why I get up on stage. That's why I get behind a microphone. That's why I get on a camera. That's why I get on coaching calls with people. That's why I created the Vision Board Mastery Program. So that I can help people who don't believe in themselves to believe in themselves a little bit more. And to take that one more action that gets them closer. To surround themselves with the right people who inspire them and educate them and show them the way. That's what I teach with visualization. How to see yourself, the best of yourself in all of those areas of your life, not just material stuff that so many people are out there saying is success. And it's shown up again over and over and over and over in my life ever since. That's why I encourage people to build vision boards. That's why I ask people, what do your goals look like, feel like, sound like, smell like, to describe them as deeply emotionally connected as they can to close their eyes and see it and feel the joy. And you can actually see the emotion in their face and they get excited and they get inspired to take action. Now, does every vision board have a happy ending? No, they do not. (laughs) You know, it's, you're not a roasted chicken. This is not like a Saturday morning infomercial where everybody yells, set it and forget it. And your life's going to be all set. It's not just what you want to have or what you want to create in your life, but it's who you become. And my team and I, my marketing team, several years ago conducted a survey and we asked people, if you've ever made a vision board before or even attempted to make a vision board before and felt as though you didn't get the results in your life that you really wanted, why do you feel that it didn't work? Why do you feel as though you failed? And people were allowed to choose more than one answer, which is why the numbers will add up to more than 100 here. 60% of people said that they felt they failed due to lack of action. Meaning if they actually finished a board and put all this cool stuff together, even if they didn't do all the why work and all the deeper things, they they put a board of things they wanted. 60% of people admitted they did not take enough action to make it happen. 47% of people said they were not clear about what they really wanted. See, we fall prey to that. We fall prey to what other people say it is, and all of a sudden we say we want it, and then we wake up and we're thinking, "Mm, nah, it's not what I really want. We get discouraged. 40% of people said they were unable to break their own bad habits, meaning, for example, if you have a physical health goal of a certain number you want to see on your scale at the end of the year, and you're back in line at the drive-thru the very next day, that's your bad habit that you can't seem to undo. 30% of people said self-doubt and fear derailed them, meaning they said they wanted this and then all of a sudden they're looking at that person in the mirror and they're not sure that person can pull it off. They don't believe enough in that person. And this is why that I teach these things the way I do, because this is what I went through. Having a lack of self-confidence, having habits that did not serve me. At first, the case of those first two boards I spoke about, not clear about what I really wanted. I may as well have written a letter that said, Dear Santa Claus, <laughs> I want all this stuff. 
And I was right there with them at that one time where 60% of people admitted they failed due to lack of action. They may have made the board, they may have put some pictures out there, but they didn't get up the next day and start doing the work. Like an old wooden roller coaster. This is one of my favorite analogies. Like an old wooden roller coaster. You get in at the bottom, you surround yourself with, you hope, the right people who are going to enjoy the ride and cheer with you and be part of it every single step. The top of that hill is one of your goals. And every day you have to go click, 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 click. You have to take action every single day. You need to break your bad habits and stay on the ride and not just climb out and walk back down to your bad habit. You need to believe that you can make it to the top of that first hill. And when you do all the work to get there, you get to go down the other side and scream your brains out in celebration because you did all the work to get there. You believed in yourself. You stayed on that ride. And you saw it all the way through. You knew your why. You knew exactly what there was. You surrounded yourself with the right people. Now you get to enjoy your win. And here's the best part. Here's what I love most about it. When you get to the end of that ride, you have thoroughly celebrated it. And your eyes are a mile wide and you're smiling. What's the first thing you want to do? You want to get back on again and set a new goal. And now you know how this works. And I hope I've explained in our time together what visualization at a deeper level is all about. And I hope this helps you to wake up tomorrow morning and have a clearer picture. Believe in yourself a little bit more, and then you're willing to take action. Surround yourself with the right people and go for it and start clicking. And if you do, then I've done my job as my friend Danny did for me. And I'm honored to be that person in your life. My name is Steve Gamlin, and thank you so much, my friends, for hearing this message, and I do hope it impacted you in a very positive way. Hey, Shadows listeners. If you're looking to make some extra income that also impacts people, then you need to look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. If you don't already know, Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years. I got certified through Giant in 2018, and I've been teaching ever since. Just to give you some context, they used to own and operate the John Maxwell brands. They ran the LeaderCast conferences where Jim Collins, Henry Cloud, Malcolm Gladwell, and Simon Sinek, just to name a few, were regular speakers. They have over 500 coaches worldwide, working in over 127 countries, and are being hired by companies like Google, Chick-fil-A, Pfizer, Delta, and more. And yes, you can do this too. I know this might sound intimidating, but Giant will literally give you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch. You get hands-on training from top-level coaches to learn the exact methodology and tools that six-figure coaches are using. You get an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, even if you want to work 100% remotely. And you'll get to join a thriving community of coaches from all around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn the ins and outs of how to build a successful coaching business. This is both for experienced coaches, consultants, and those who are looking to start coaching and consulting with little to no experience. If you want to hear the really good news, this whole workshop, it's free, 100% free. And you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash shadows. Why not give it a shot? 
What's better than making a positive change in people's lives and making some extra money in the process? Giant launches a new hiring cohort every month. Now, they only have 20 coaching slots available each month, so it's first come, first serve. So go ahead and make sure you reserve your spot. If you're ready to make an impact and get paid doing it, go to giant.tv forward slash shadows, giant.tv forward slash shadows.